0: Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals football podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined uh, out there on the interwebs via Zoom uh, this afternoon by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butterball, how are we doing this afternoon, bud? good man how about yourself a good man i, I guess uh, a happy early new year right so we're recording this here on wednesday afternoon uh midweek and uh, yeah the 2021 is just right around the corner my friend yes sir
1: Looking Hopefully forward. 2021 will be better than 2020.
0: I, I think that that is a sentiment that everyone shares, uh, everyone uh, here at the Sports Pros Network and all of our listeners and followers as well. Uh, I think uh, that, that is fair to say, my friend. So, um, well, I mean, we're here to talk week 17. The last regular season week of the NFL is upon us, my friend. And so we got through it. I mean, obviously there were some COVID postponements and rescheduling and a lot of iffy moments as to whether or not we were going to get through it. But, but we're here, man, and we're here, Butter, and our Dallas Cowboys are still alive somehow, some way, and the might, way, yeah. <laughs> might backdoor their way into the playoffs, my friend. So, so we'll, we'll save that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, the Packers looking looking really, really good and maybe the top seed there in the NFC. We're going to talk about the Steelers bouncing back with a big win over the Colts, uh, Fitzmagic, and, and all kinds of other good stuff in the NFL from Week 16, bud, and preview Week 17. But as always – Before we get to that good stuff, we got to show some love to our sponsor, and, of course, that's Chalk Sports Bar. Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben Chad and the whole Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. Again, it's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch all the games on Sundays. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The best damn sports bar, period. Absolutely, my friend. So, and again, chalk doing some fun things here uh, coming up uh, on the week right I think they got some uh, domestic beer specials, two dollar uh, uh, specials on that front for uh, you know Bud Light, Miller light Coors Light, all the domestics that uh, uh, we we know and love, uh, Butterball. But uh, yeah, definitely going to be a lot of action going on up at Chalk this week, right? So we got the Sooners kicking it off tonight in the Cotton Bowl. We got to we had had Oklahoma State last night winning in the cheese It Bowl. Uh, Tulsa uh, tomorrow on Thursday as as we're recording this pod and then all that NFL action so if you get a free minute go out and celebrate the new year and uh, and take a, a moment to swing by chalk and have some good food some good beer and uh, watch some good sports on uh, there are dozens of big uh, big screens there so well, Butter, let's get into it, my friend. I guess we have to recap the maybe the wildest ending uh, from week 16, and that would have to be the Miami Dolphins in the Las Vegas Raiders. Dolphins find a way to win this thing 26 25, but I think the Raiders arguably. May have pissed it away, butter. But what the hell happened in this game? Fitz Magic is bad. He look he he looked great, right? So kind of come in for an ineffective Tua, uh, tunga Vailoa. Dolphins are still alive at ten and five, and, and they they've got the inside track to make the playoffs this weekend, bud. Your thoughts on Dolphins and Raiders?
1: Well, man, I mean it was one of those games, you know. I mean where it looked like the Raiders were just going to come out and um and win this ball game, and then um you know in the in the second half. Um, they decide to, to bring in Fitzpatrick and um, when he comes down and leads him down the field and then um, after he comes in and d- does that, then it becomes like a back and forth game where you know, the Dolphins go down and score then the Raiders go down and score, then the Dolphins come back and score uh, and you know, I mean, what um, what was very, very, very surprising is man, I mean um, he he looked good doing it um, looked like the veteran that he is and uh you know, I mean, I, like, I, like, like you said, I mean, the Raiders obviously pissed this one away. I mean, uh, um, I mean they had some, some bad penalties. They had uh, missed extra points, missed field goals. So, I mean, um, the Raiders have nobody to blame but themselves. I mean, they, they, they pissed this one away. This is a game that they let it get away.
0: They let it get away that they uh, very well should have and could have won. Yeah, they kicked that field goal with what, you know, thirty seconds left or whatever it was. Looks like they're going to win the game, and then yeah, that crazy, you know, heave and hail mary, so to speak, and the face mask on on Fitz uh, Fitz Magic there to kind of set up the Dolphins to kick the game winning field goal. <laughs> I had the Raiders in this game, butter, in which I still won because I, I had the Raiders plus two and a half, and so uh, yeah, I was kind of sweating it there for a moment, and then realized like, oh well, I guess I still won the bet whenever it was all said and done. But yeah, I mean, uh, I thought that this would be the game that a young, inexperienced Dolphins team. You know, might kind of let it slip away on the road against uh, against a you know a game Raider squad. They've had their ups and downs, um, and it played out exactly as I thought it would. But I didn't necessarily anticipate uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back in and kind of uh, steadying the ship, so to speak, for that Dolphin squad. And so, I mean, do they do the Dolphins have a quarterback controversy now? Butter. I mean, who who are they going to start this weekend against the uh, Buffalo Bills, right? So I mean, they they need to win. You know, they, they almost have to. If they win, they're in the playoffs, but they need to win. They can't really rely on all their other help if they don't get a win against the Bills. But I mean, who are you starting at quarterback if you're head coach Brian Flores? If I was
1: the coach down there, I mean, I would start uh, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, he hasn't came out and said who he's going to start yet. Um, but I mean, I would probably lean to him saying that two is going to start. And I mean, if uh, he can't handle it and. I mean, they're they're playing against a good Bills defense. So, I mean, um, and who knows, uh, you know, with the Bills already um, clinching a playoff spot, I mean, who knows how much much, uh, the Bills defense will play their best players, how much Josh Allen will play. It's kind of one of those things, you know, I mean, (laughs) um, Fitzpatrick, I mean, if it wasn't for him, they probably wouldn't – they wouldn't have won last week for sure. So, I mean – if, if I was the coach, I'd be playing Fitzpatrick because he's the more seasoned vet, but um, I, I'm sure they're going to trot Tua out there and just see what he can do. I mean, the Dolphins are kind of in one of those uh, spots where, you know, I mean, it's kind of a unique spot. I mean, they, they definitely have a guy that can, um, that's uh, veteran savvy, but they also need to figure out if Tua is going to be the guy that can move them going forward. So, um Quarterback controversy, yes. Um, yes and no, uh, because they, they definitely have to see what they have in Tua.
0: No, you're right. And, again, they're in a weird position because I think if they're, they're putting some truth serum into themselves and looking at themselves in the mirror and, and on the outside looking in, I don't think anybody expects them to win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, if they get to the playoffs, hey, that's a great achievement. Nobody anticipated them doing that, but they probably go on the road and lose in round one, right? So I understand – the incentive or, or at least maybe the thinking, if you will, of wanting to see what they've got into a, but I mean, how does that play in a locker room when the other guys see that Ryan Fitzpatrick is clearly the better quarterback right now, right? And they're saying, Hey, look, we got a chance to get to the playoffs shit. Anything can happen. Right. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how coach Flores and the dolphins in particular handle this moving forward, knowing that it is a must win game against the bills. And we're going to talk about that game preview it and make our picks here in a little bit later in the pod, but it's a big game um in in who's the right guy to kind of trot out there and start that game i think it's clear that it's fitzpatrick but again some other factors that are that are kind of playing into it from a dolphins perspective but perhaps for the longer term right i think it'd be the fair way to put it so yeah good good uh, good points by you there bud so well, well but we got to go on and talk about you know one of the other big games in the afc and it was colts and steelers and you and i both had the colts and i think for 3 quarters we felt pretty good about ourselves, right? The Colts got out to a 21-7 lead at half, right? It was 24-7 to uh, uh, or 24-14 to at the end of the third quarter. And then I'll be damned if the Steelers doesn't figure shit out. And Big Ben starts hoofing the ball down the field, right? He starts pushing the ball down the field. We talked about, hey, I don't know if he's 100%, right? They don't seem to kind of throw the ball down the field. Well, that all changed in the fourth quarter of that Colts game. Steelers come back and win this thing, 28-24. They clinch the AFC North at 12-3. and And the Colts now, crazily enough, at 10-5, and they're on the outside looking in, right? So they're going to need to win this coming weekend and need some help uh, to kind of get into the playoffs. But your thoughts on Colts and Steelers from Sunday afternoon, bud?
1: Well, like you said, I mean, I, the the the, um, the Colts pretty much dominated that game for two and a half to three quarters. And then uh, Big Ben and the Steelers found a way to – to win the ball game. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's a game that the Steelers really, really needed to win because uh, they had lost. Um, three in yeah, a row. They lost two, three in a row, yes. So, I mean, um, they, they needed to get some sort of um, some sort of a bounce back, you know, before the playoffs hit, which, you know, I mean, they've already came out and said that um, obviously Big Ben's not going to start. Um this week or play versus the Browns, man. I mean, you know I mean? I know the Steelers don't have anything to play for. I mean, they're already in the the playoffs, but with the way that that Steelers offense has looked the last four weeks losing three out of four. I mean, I just, I don't think it's a good idea to, um, to shelve them and, and let them sit. I mean, um, I, I think that, uh, those Steelers guys, I think their offense is kind of a mess and, um, you know, I mean, they could probably use the the game, some of the game. I mean, play in the first half. I mean, even though they don't have anything to play play for, I mean, those guys probably need to play the first half. But, you know, I mean, I'm glad for Baker Mayfield and the Browns' sake that, that he's not going to play. I mean, that just gives them a better shot at winning, which it's a game that they need to win as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, again, we, we talked about it last week on the pod that that Week 17 matchup, you know, the Steelers needed to win that game against the Colts because they didn't really want – you know, that game at Cleveland to really kind of boil down uh, to something of of real import, right? Essentially, the division championship, and and so you know, it was crazy to think that the Steelers win <laughs> in improbable fashion. They come back and beat the Colts, and then the Browns somehow piss away a game against the lowly New York Jets. Jets, got to break the Jets up, butter. Hell, they won two in a row now, right? So <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but you know, Cleveland obviously had some issues with COVID, and some guys were having to sit out due to protocol. Uh, Baker four didn't. wide receivers yeah. down, I
1: think is what they had. Yeah, they hit, the, mean, hit the hit the wide receiver, a couple room. offensive linemen, and then they had
0: a couple guys get hurt, so. Yeah, and I think it just shows the narrow margins from a depth standpoint at the NFL as well, right? I think we would all probably agree that Cleveland is a clearly a better team than the Jets based upon the first 16 weeks or 15 weeks of evidence that we saw. But, you know, without four or five key guys, you know, that balance kind of, you know, shifted or or at least got back to closer to even, right? And so the Jets went a close one uh, against the Browns. And, again, just a a bad, bad loss. But Cleveland gets a reprieve, right? So they still have a chance uh, to win this week. And we'll talk about that game here in a moment. But, uh, yeah, big win for the Steelers. They had to have it. And, again, I – I don't – it's not surprising to my guess that uh, Mike Tomlin is going to rest a bunch of starters this week, given that, you know, Pittsburgh didn't really have a real bye week, I guess, right, if you want to think about it yeah. in those terms. So yeah, that's true. COVID oh. rearranged their schedule a little bit, and so I, I think they do need a, a week off, and they do need to get healthy.
1: You know, I mean, and you go back to that um, that Browns-Jets game. You know, I mean, the Browns obviously didn't play very good, but – and this is the thing that I kept – because I watched most of that game. One of the things that I kept – Kept saying, I was like, "Well, I mean, you're down four wide receivers. Why not put Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubbin at the same time? See where that gets you." Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, because both of those
0: guys can catch passes. I mean, yeah, I can never do it. So, I had Kareem Hunt as one of my uh, fantasy picks for last week, and that didn't work out so hot for me. So, but we'll we'll recap what happened last week uh, a little bit later in the pod. So, but uh, well, Butter, I, I might be burying the lead here, but. Our Dallas Cowboys are somehow, some way, still alive in the playoff race, right? A big win against uh, our guy Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend, and a win against the New York Giants this weekend, coupled with a loss by the Washington football team. We'll see the Cowboys win the NFC Lease division and host a playoff game, most likely Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in the wild card round, but... How the hell did we get here, Butter? You and I were throwing dirt on our Cowboys several weeks ago. I think we had kind of ripped off that emotional Band-Aid. We had moved on. Hey, the NFL, our NFL team was done for the season. We'll, we'll just kind of come back and wait for Dak to return and see what happens next year. And yet we find ourselves here in Week 17 with the Cowboys. It's actually the favored outcome. Cowboys are favored to beat the Giants, and then the Eagles are favored to beat the Washington football team. They might win the division, bud. So how, how, does the, how the hell does this happen? It's just
1: uh, COVID uh, football in the NFC lease this year, man. I mean, you I mean, the Cowboys have uh, have really been up and down, and then down for a long time, and now they're up up again. So I mean, it's been an up and down roller coaster season for the Cowboys. You know, I mean, they come out um, they come out with uh, Dak Prescott, and I mean, like the first five weeks of the season, I mean, he puts up uh, you know, I mean, um, Madden um, game stats. Yep. I mean, great, great stats, great fantasy stats. I mean, where, I mean, it looks like if he could put together a 16 team, a 16 game season, God, who knows how many records he breaks, but you know, I mean, he ends up getting hurt and, um, you know, I mean, they've had all sorts of trouble, uh, staying healthy on the offensive line. I mean, Andy Dalton gets hurt. I mean, he comes back. And, you know, I mean, the the players that uh, last week, I mean, you think about uh, who their leading receiver was, I mean, it was like their third team guy. It's My- Michael Gallup. You know, I mean, uh, definitely like their third option, which, I mean, they're doing – I guess what the Cowboys are starting to figure out, they're doing kind of more with uh, with less, even though um, they still have CD Lamb, they still have Ezekiel Elliott, um but honestly, I mean, I think Tony Pollard's looked better than Ezekiel Elliott the past four or five games. They're 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 in a weird spot, you know. I mean, um, but but I, I give them props. I mean, um, they're still alive. They're still fighting. I mean, if if they can make the playoffs, I mean, who knows what the, what they can do? I mean, they've been competitive. I mean, it's not like um, it's not like they're getting blown out week in and week out. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right. And, again, Andy Dalton's return, obviously he's a steadier hand, right? So we, we know what we're getting with him. Uh, he, he's not an all-star, I don't think, by any means. But but he is a steady quarterback, right? And we saw that for many years at Cincinnati. And so it was kind of a shrewd move in hindsight for the Cowboys to kind of bring him in and, and make him the backup. But, yeah, they put themselves in position. And you say about Zeke Elliott, I agree. I think Pollard has been the better back over the last few weeks. But but Zeke actually kind of woke, right, uh, this past weekend and, and played pretty well, right? Had over 100 yards rushing against the Eagles, uh, and, and they needed it. And you mentioned C.D. Lamb. You know, had the reverse, had the long pass as well. And again, I think the the stat was that the Cowboys had, you know, three plays over sixty yards against the Eagles, which essentially matched you know, what they had done for like the previous 10 weeks combined or something like that. So they were obviously lacking big playability and somehow found it against the Eagles. Now, can they repeat it this week against the Giants? We'll see. Uh, But it really kind of boils down to what happens in that Sunday night football game between Washington and Philly, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But yeah, absolutely amazing um, that the Cowboys are still alive after we've uh, buried them on multiple occasions uh, over the last 12 weeks or so. But Well, Butter, let's talk about a team that's certainly alive and well in the NFC, and that has to be the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they looked like a Super Bowl contender this past Sunday night against the Tennessee Titans. I have to admit it; I was dead wrong on this game. Butter, you were right here. I had the Titans uh, to cover the spread. I said it wouldn't shock me if the Titans win the game. I thought they would show up and play well, right? It, it was kind of the the classic Lambeau Field in late December, a snow game at night, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just kind of showed out there in the first half. The uh, the Packers jump out to a big lead. They end up winning this thing forty to fourteen, and an ass. Kick and I was really kind of surprised that the Titans didn't show up but I think I came away maybe more impressed with Green Bay but they definitely look like the team to beat in the NFC now right
1: Yeah I mean uh, like you said I mean it was a it was a weird weird uh game for the Titans because I mean Tennessee doesn't um, normally play in snow and the, the Packers do and um you know I mean me and you had both talked about you know I mean we figured that uh it would be a good good game for um, for Derrick Henry. And, I mean, you know I mean? The Packers' defense kind of held him in check. I mean, it wasn't like he had a – I mean, he had a decent game, but it wasn't a great game. But, man, I mean, uh, in all aspects of the game, I mean, the Packers' offense with uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, Tanyan, I mean, they, they, they looked really, really good in the defense – I mean, we're able to shut down a a very, very good Titans uh, running game and offense.
0: Yeah, and Devontae Adams probably won some guys some fantasy championships on Sunday night, right? I think he ended up being worth like 43 points or something like that from a fantasy standpoint. Maybe uh, guys that had the last word last week. But uh, we'll we'll recap some of the fantasy action uh, from last week here in a moment. But, uh, yeah, Packers – I I think the rest of the NFC are hoping that the Bears can pull the upset this weekend because you don't want to have to go through Lambeau in late January uh, to get to the Super Bowl. And I think we've seen that play out uh, numerous times uh, over the last 50 years in the Super Bowl era. Uh, But whenever Green Bay gets home-filled – Throughout the playoffs, and you have to go through Lambeau in January. It's a difficult road to hoe, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, well, but we got to finish off from a news story standpoint again, kind of an ugly news story that gets worse, I guess, for from an individual standpoint. But you know, Dwayne Haskins, we talked about him last week. He kind of got in trouble, right? So he's slipping away to the titter whenever he shouldn't be, wasn't wearing a mask, got fined a bunch of money, stripped of the captaincy uh, there for the Washington Football Team. He follows it up with an absolutely awful performance against the Carolina Panthers again. Washington loses, which keeps the door open for both the Giants and the Cowboys this week. He gets cut earlier this week, uh, I believe uh, on Monday, that the uh, Washington parted ways with him before the season was even over. You know, really kind of an ugly ending to a guy that was drafted in the first round a couple years ago. I think it was the 15th overall pick, had such – promise and high hopes for him there the Buckeye coming out of Ohio State and he's still super young right maybe he can get his stuff together catch on with another team mature a little bit and uh kind of move forward and learn from this experience but uh yeah kind of a a rough ending for Dwayne Haskins uh there with the Washington football team right
1: yeah I mean like one of the things you know I mean he's he's young I mean uh he's immature I mean uh doesn't uh is definitely not responsible right now. Um, you know I mean? And and really, I mean, uh, they drafted him and he probably wasn't, uh, ready for, you know I mean? To, to be like the starter. So, I mean, it would have been better if he would have been able to sit behind somebody for a year or two. And then, uh, that way he's got a chance to grow as a player and as an individual. I mean, the guy's going to have to definitely become more responsible and, um, you know, I mean, uh, just have to learn from his mistakes. And his mistakes, I mean, have cost him quite a bit of money. But I mean, um, he's definitely talented enough to be able to be an NFL quarterback. And hopefully, he catches on uh, someplace. I mean, even if it is a backup role behind a, a seasoned veteran, and they can kind of help him learn
0: of what he did did wrong. Yeah, but you mentioned, you stressed it there, that he's young, right? He's only 22, 23 years old, yeah. so he's still got, you know, a lot of years ahead of him, especially at the quarterback position whenever it's, you know, we see guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing until they're 40 years old, right? So I do hope that he does catch on and gets another opportunity there in the NFL, even if it is as a third-string quarterback, right? And that might be the best thing for him, right, to where there's less pressure. You come in, you mature, you learn a system, right? He gets in uh, with a good group and, uh, and, and you know, just, just matures. I think you're right. He is super young. And there's no doubting his talent, right? The guy can absolutely – he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's all between the ears for uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins. And so I'm rooting for him. I hope he catches on somewhere else. Uh, and I'm sure that he will and makes the most of that second chance wherever it may be. So, well, Butter, we got to move on to some picks, man. There's a lot of big games this weekend that have playoff implications, my friend. And, uh, and so, again, we added that seventh team to the playoff, right? So there, there's a lot more – combinations and permutations as to who can get into the playoff picture and so we've kind of focused in on those games that mean the most uh, in week 17 and kind of focus in our previews and picks on those but we got to start at the top of the list bud and obviously that's our Dallas Cowboys Cowboys on the road to take on the New York football Giants Cowboys favored in this one by three the total here 44 and a half uh, we think about so many past years during the cowboys heyday butter Right, the cowboys having to play the giants in week 17 and you know needing to win to win the division or needing to win to get a bye and host home field playoffs or home field throughout the playoffs and stuff kind of takes me back to the uh, to the 90s bud but uh, your thoughts on our Dallas Cowboys can they get it done can they beat the New York Football Giants and more importantly are they going to cover Man, I mean, I think the the
1: ball game is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, But I I do think they cover. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think, like we were talking about earlier, I think Andy Dalton, um, he's figured out his role in the Cowboys offense. And, I mean, he doesn't put up, um, you know, Dak Prescott numbers, but he can definitely move the the ball up and down the field um, where the – and he can make good decisions. I mean, he's a seasoned veteran, so I mean, he knows he knows how to get a team to a to the playoffs. Now he he's never won a playoff game, but I mean, this is the kind of games that um, that he's good at. I mean, um, I think they figure it out this week, and um, I think that come um, come Sunday evening, or come um, Sunday, yeah, Sunday evening, they'll be rooting for the Eagles to pull the upset against Washington.
0: I agree with you 100 percent, bud. I, I'm with you. I like the under in this game simply because I don't think the Giants are going to be able to score a ton of points in which at Dallas Dallas defense has been much maligned throughout the course of the season and, and rightfully so, uh, but uh, I think the Giants I know they got Dan, uh, Daniel Jones back right they got Danny Dimes, so so that'll probably help them out a little bit, but I'm with you. I think the Cowboys win, I think they cover, and I think it leans towards the under, right? It's outdoors there uh, at uh, MetLife Stadium. I think it's going to be kind of a cold and maybe a little bit of a chance of rain uh, on Sunday uh as well and so the, the weather may factor into it uh, kind of leading to it, towards a low scoring game too but we're on the same page i do think the cowboys win this game i think it's going to boil down to what happens on sunday night and as you mentioned uh cowboys fans it, it'll feel dirty uh, but we'll be eagles fans on sunday night i think when it's all said and done so well butter let's stay uh, at the noon slots here we talked about them earlier the miami dolphins Headed on the road to take on the Buffalo Bills in an AFC match, AFC East or, or uh, matchup here. And again, the Bills have already clinched the division, but the Dolphins needing a win to ensure that they stay in the playoffs. This line has kind of moved around quite a bit. Butter um, uh, Bills were a bigger favorite. It's come down to Bills minus two or minus one and a half here. I think the thinking is that some people are anticipating that the Bills might set some starters at some point, given that the Steelers are going to set some starters and those two are kind of battling it out for that two versus three seed. So uh, maybe the dolphins have, have a, have an option here, but you got to be concerned about a Miami team heading up to uh, Buffalo in January, uh, where it, weather is definitely going to be a factor here, but uh, your thoughts on dolphins and bills on Sunday afternoon.
1: Well, obviously if Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs both play, I mean, the bills, the bills win this game at home. And then it's one of those things. If the Bills come out early, who do we see at quarterback for the Dolphins? If they if they come out and um, get up early, I mean, do they make quarterback change for the Dolphins? Um, I like the Bills in this this ball game. I think they still have um, something to play for. Um, I'm not. Who holds the um, the tiebreaker if the Bills and the Steelers both end up 13 and three?
0: The Bills do. Uh, The Bills beat the Steelers uh, straight up head-to-head, so the Bills have the tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I think the Bills at least have to come out and attempt to win the game in the first half and then see what happens. Uh, I like the Bills in this, especially if they have all their starters.
0: Yeah, there'll be some scoreboard watching uh, on this one, Butter, and I think that you're right. And so I think it'll be – which I think makes it tough to pick, right? So Because if if the Steelers and Browns are a close game, which we'll we'll preview that one next, uh, then the Bills are actually going to – they're going to have to kind of put their foot on the pedal and kind of stay with it and stuff. And so I lean towards the Bills for the same reasons that you said, but I really lean towards the under – in this one butter yeah, so, again, I don't, yeah i don't think the dolphins even if they start fitzpatrick i don't think they're going to score a lot of points again uh cold weather warm weather team heading up to cold weather uh i think it's going to be low scoring so maybe maybe the better pick here for our listeners is to go under uh, in dolphins and bills so well, well butter let's move over to that afc north that bitter rivalry between the pittsburgh steelers and the cleveland browns you talk about a line moving all over the place you know it was a close line uh to begin with but since it came out uh mike tomlin has said that ben big ben's not going to play in this game right they're going to rest a bunch of other starters the browns are up to a nine and a half to a 10 point favorite in a must win game for cleveland here the total 42 and a half but we get the uh uh the the rematch if you will between mason rudolph and miles garrett here butter in the steelers versus browns but uh who you got in this one bud
1: man i mean i think the browns getting their players back i think they're going to be pissed off um I would lean towards the the under in this ball game because, I mean, I think the Browns are going to try to run the ball as well as the Steelers are going to try to run the ball as well uh, because Big Ben's not going to be playing. It's going to be Mason Rudolph. Uh, But I I like uh, the Browns to win this ball game, but I don't think that they'll cover.
0: I'm with you as well. I I like the Browns to win. Uh, I'm I'm dubious of that line. I think 10 points, 9.5 is kind of right there at the line. Uh, But I lean towards the under as well just because I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to score a lot of points. And I I don't think that they're really interested in doing so right. I think they want to shorten the game, maybe keep it close, and get it to the fourth quarter and then maybe have a chance to win whenever it's all said and done. But I don't think they're going to uh, be airing it out with uh, Mason Rudolph. And so I think that caters towards a low-scoring affair. I think the Browns should really do the same thing, to be honest with you, turn around hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt um, and Nick Chubb and then let Baker Mayfield uh, kind of play off the play action whenever it's all said and done but I'm with you I think the Browns win nine and a half that's a lot of points here maybe the Browns end up winning you know a low scoring affair let's say 20 to 13 something like that I I could see it maybe uh, the Steelers getting a backdoor cover here when it's all said and done so Well, Butter, let's head over to the NFC here, Bud, and we talked about this game, we alluded to it earlier, Packers actually need to win this game to ensure that they do get home field, right? If they lose and the Saints and the Seahawks both win, then it kind of gets into a weird tiebreaker scenario, so the Packers don't want to let it get to that game, but the oldest rivalry in football, I believe, if I'm not mistaken here, uh, Packers at the Bears, Bears playing for their playoff lives as well, they actually have the inside track over the Cardinals right now due to tiebreakers and other goofy stuff, but... Pack favored in this one on the road by five and a half. The total here, 51 and a half. Bears have been playing a lot better, Butter. Do they have a chance to pull the upset here? I think that they do. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be a very, very low scoring game. You know what I mean? I think,
1: the, I think the Bears pull off the upset in this one. I really don't think the Packers have much to play for.
0: Wow. All right. So wow. you're calling the upset here. I mean, that's a lot of points to give a team. Uh, a home dog, if you will, and so I'm with you. I think I lean towards the Bears to cover this. This game's probably going to be on a tease for me. Whenever it's all said and done, because I do think the Bears are going to be able to keep this game close because they do have a lot to play for. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You know, it boils down to which quarterback you trust more, right? So you're going to trust Aaron Rodgers. You're going to trust uh, Mitchell Trubisky. And so I'm going to trust Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to call it. I think Mason Crosby wins uh, wins this thing with a, a last-second field goal. Um, in the Packers uh, win and clinch home field in the NFC. And so the uh, the route to the Super Bowl. Well, I, like, I like the under as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, all these games. I, I mean, the under just yeah. really kind of. Yeah, and you have to question, you know, obviously Chicago in January as well, right? So, you know, is weather going to be a factor? We know it's going to be cold, right? So, but what sort of precip, uh, precip are they going to get there coming off the lake? Uh, that's always a question there. But again, both these teams are used to playing in cold weather, so so I'll, I'll take I'll take the Bears to cover, uh, but I like the Packers to win the game whenever it's all said and done. So so yeah, good. Uh, Probably under as well. I lean towards the under too. So, well, let's head out west in the NFC, Butter. And we got Cardinals and Rams. And a lot of question marks kind of surrounding this game. It was kind of hard to find a line. Again, the lines are moving. Didn't really know who was going to be playing quarterback in this one, uh, given some of the injuries to the guys. I think Kyler Murray... It may may end up playing whenever this thing's all said and done for the Cardinals, but Jared Goff is obviously out, uh, had the surgery on his thumb, on his throwing hand, so he's going to be out of this game. And so the current line that I see on it, Butter, are Cardinals minus three, total here 41 40 and a half so vegas not expecting a ton of points on the in this one but again cardinals have to win this game to ensure that they get in the playoffs and they need to win and they need some help as well but uh your thoughts on cards and rams in this big nfc west division game
1: well with jared goff not playing um and being out and i think uh daryl henderson's also out for the rams i think uh i like Kyler murray i mean i think that he makes the plays that he needs to make i mean like a and with 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 that being said, I, with Daryl Henderson and and um, and Jared Goff both being out, I mean, I like the under, but I like the the Cardinals on this
0: one. I'm I'm with you. You know, knowing that Kyler Murray is going to play, I think it's the difference in this game. And again, the Cardinals, I mean, they they've had some inexplicable performances here down the stretch, but I think they find a way to win. And uh, depending on how things shake out, I think they they're probably going to find themselves in that seven seed and to make make their way into the playoffs. So, well, well, Butter, you know the. Maybe the most important game from a Cowboys fan perspective is the Sunday night football game, right? This game has been flexed out, which is kind of crazy to think that both these teams have a losing record, and this is the premier matchup for (laughs) week 17 on Sunday night football, my friend. But uh, the Washington football team, Again, they're they're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Washington uh, now favored in this game. This line has moved around a lot as well, but Washington favored in this one by one and a half on the road against the Eagles. As a Cowboys fan standpoint, we need Jalen Hurts uh, to do us a solid here, butter. But who you got on Sunday night uh, between Washington and the Eagles?
1: I like um, I like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in this one, man. I mean. Um... And for the very simple fact that with the Washington football team, you don't know who they're going to try out at quarterback. Um, there's no guarantees that Alex Smith's going to play. I think he mispracticed today, mispracticed yesterday. With the Eagles, you you know that, that Jalen Hurts is going to play. You know what uh, he's capable of doing. And I think he, he makes enough plays uh, for the Eagles to win. Um, and I think the Cowboys make it to the playoffs. <laughs> if, if the Cowboys win – and the Eagles win, we're in.
0: I hope you're right, Butter. Um, I hope you're right, but th- this is where the uh, uh, the heartbreak. Oh, yeah, this is where the heartbreak comes in, from my perspective. Is I do I think the Cowboys will win against the Giants, and I think that, you know, they may end up winning impressively whenever it's all said and done. I think they're definitely going to cover the three-point spread. And then our hopes are going to be built up throughout the afternoon, right, hey, just that the Eagles can do us a solid, they can win one game here, and I think the Eagles are going to come out and lay a stinker just to fuck with us as Cowboys fans. And, and I think Washington ends up winning. I mean, something tells me that Alex Smith is actually going to play for Washington, and I think if he does, you know, that's a big game changer. You know, Taylor Heineke is the backup there. A kid out of Old Dominion, you may remember from our college fantasy football days. Butter, he was actually a pretty decent uh, college uh, quarterback there. Put up a lot of stats in that ODU. uh, uh, Yeah, he's uh, the one that he's the one that led the. upset of Virginia Tech. That's right. Yeah, yeah. a couple years ago. Big big win there in Blacksburg, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was on the road, so huge upset, but uh, uh, he's familiar with Ron Vera's system. Um, If he plays, then I think we've got ourselves a chance, but I I think Alex Smith is probably going to trot out there uh, at 7.20 central time uh, for the Washington football team, and I think it's going to be low scoring. I like the under in this game, so 43 and a half is the total. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle uh, one way or the other. I think both teams are going to try to run the ball whenever it's all said and done, but uh, maybe an emotional hedge by me, Butter, but I'm going to take Washington in this one and uh, lean towards the under here, my friend. Well, Butter... We got to go fantasy picks here, man. So I I got you last week. So I, I had a good showing in the sense that I had uh, Alvin Kamara last week, and I think he won a lot of guys uh, fantasy football championships with that uh, 50, 56-point performance or whatever it was. So I didn't uh, I didn't have anything that was that outstanding outside of the fact that uh, I drafted uh, Tom Brady and uh, Alvin Kamara last week, and that was enough for a 193 to 169 victory over you, bud. But, you know, it's week 17. Again, most fantasy leagues are probably over, but we know we've got a lot of the listeners and a lot of friends of the pod that are out there playing daily fantasy as well. And so we got to fire up some fantasy picks uh, for Week 17 in the NFL as well, right? Always a little bit uh, different strategy for Week 17 because, as you said, you don't know who's going to play, you don't know who's going to set, right? So teams that have nothing to play for, maybe are going to rest their starters. uh, And so you got to pick those teams that have something to play for. But um, since I won last week, Butter, I guess I get honors, and so I'll lead us off with quarterbacks, bud. And so from quarterback's perspective, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson of the Ravens and Russell Wilson of the Seahawks, right? So uh, we we didn't really uh, preview these games because there's not as much riding on the line here, but the Seahawks play the 49ers. Uh, Seahawks, again, they conceivably do have something to play for in the sense that if Green Bay loses, uh, they could get into that tiebreaker conversation there for home field throughout, and so I think the Seahawks are going to play and they're going to play well and beat up on a depleted 49ers squad, uh, and I like Russell Wilson to play well there, and then Lamar Jackson, you know, in in Baltimore. You know, they're, they're playing the Bengals. Bengals have nothing else to play for. Ravens have to win to ensure that they get into the playoffs, and I think they will. And I think they're going to be a scary team in the wild card, bud. So so give me Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson as my two QBs. But who you got at quarterback, bud?
1: I'm going to take Tom Brady of the Buccaneers, and I'm going to take Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Justin Herbert's probably going to be the the rookie of the year, I would say, with what, uh, the it's numbers true. that he's put up. Um And then, um, you know, Tom Brady, I mean, um, they still have a little bit to play for. Uh, They're playing against the Falcons. Uh, They're going to put up um, good numbers against the Falcons. I mean, and, you know, I mean, um, Herbert better luck next year. But, I mean, he's been a hell of a fantasy player this
0: year. I agree. They they got a good one in Justin Herbert, right? It's been a a forgetful year uh, for the Chargers from a standing standpoint, right? So they're at 6-9 and nine and playing against the Chiefs, although the Chiefs have clinched home field, so there's really no reason for them to play for much other than maybe just uh, shaking off the rust or, or staying sharp given that they are going to have a bye week. But uh, I'm with you. I think Herbert is a fantastic pick. And, yeah, uh, Bucks need to win to ensure that they keep that 5 seed and ensure that they end up playing whoever does win the NFC least whenever it's all said and done, whether it be – Dallas, Washington, or the Giants, and I think that's a favorable matchup um, if you're a Bucks fan and if you're Tom Brady. So, uh, well, let's go running backs, butter. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to the uh, well here. Uh, and he, hasn't, he didn't have a great performance last week against the Packers, as we noted. But give me Derrick Henry of the Titans, and then give me Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles, bud. So um, I think, you know, again, the Titans, they need to win, butter. So they need to win that game to ensure that they win the division and host a playoff game. Um, uh, as, again, the Colts, they're right there. The Titans have the tiebreaker of the Colts right now, but uh, they can't really afford to slip up. And so uh, I like the Titans to go on the road against Houston and run the ball with Derrick Henry and then the Sunday night special. Again, I think that it's going to come down to both these teams are going to try to run the ball between Washington and Philadelphia. And I like the Eagles uh, uh, players uh, at running back maybe a little bit more than I do Washington. So I'm going to go with Miles Sanders uh, as my RB2 uh, for Sunday, bud. But uh, who do you got at running back?
1: Well, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor of the Colts and David Johnson of the Texans. Um, you know, David Johnson, I mean – in the middle part of the year, I mean, he was uh, hurt, and then he got COVID. But the last few games that he's been back, I mean, he's uh, he's been a really, really good fantasy player. I think he's going to have a good matchup versus the the Titans this week. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts—he's playing against the lonely, lonely Jaguars. The Colts still have a lot to play for, um, trying to um, secure a, a playoff spot. So, I mean, um, I expect the Colts to play all of their starters. And I expect the Colts to win this game easily.
0: I'm, I'm with you on that. We're on the same page there. Colts must win. And again, Jaguars—they've clinched the number one seed, so maybe they're playing a little bit loose. I, I say the Jaguars—they clinched the number one seed. They've clinched the number one draft pick uh, in April, I yeah. should say. So at, at one and fourteen, so you know, not a lot to play for. But they might be a little bit loose, which makes them dangerous. But their only win butter. Think back to week one. Who'd There's they beat? The they beat the Colts, right? So, yeah, like a little spooky there from the symmetry standpoint. But I'm with you. I think the Colts, uh, they, they're going to end up winning that game whenever it's all said and done. So... Well, let's go wide receivers here, Butter. And we've got, uh, we're on the same page with one guy. We both like Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. And then for my wide receiver, too, I alluded to it uh, kind of piggybacking on my quarterback uh, selection. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf of the Seahawks, right? So, again, I like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They need to win that game against the 49ers. They still, for seeding purposes. Uh, So I think they'll play well. And then the Vikings, they don't have much to play for in that game against the Lions. But the Lions, I mean, I think they they have they their give a shit meter is pretty low from about Thanksgiving on. And so I, I think the Vikings roll in that one. And uh, so I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. But you like Jefferson as well. But who who else you get at wide receiver, Bud?
1: And I like Calvin Ridley. I mean, ever since um, Julio Jones has been um, not playing it on the shelf, I mean, Calvin Ridley has had an outstanding year this year. And you know, I mean, the Falcons are playing the—they're uh, playing the the Buccaneers. I mean, I expect—I uh, expect big numbers from him. So, um, like I said, um, the Falcons. I mean, who knows who's going to be coaching them this year? Who knows if Matt Ryan is going to be there next year? I mean, uh, I expect the Falcons to have uh, their players to have good games.
0: Yeah, I, that was one of the points I was going to raise, Butter, is this the last game that we're going to see Matt Ryan in a Falcons uniform? So definitely an interesting uh plot line uh in the offseason to uh, to see what happens with Matt Ryan uh, uh, there with his career with the Falcons. So so yeah, a good pick though. I'm with you. Calvin Ridley's been a been a fantasy stud. So fire him up this weekend well let's go tight ends here butter uh and I'm, I'm gonna stay in that lions and vikings game uh and i'm gonna go with tj hawkinson uh, the tight end for the lions right so kind of been a, a preferred target there for matt stafford throughout the course of the season the iowa product uh, big 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 receiver big target i think he gets uh, kind of splits the seams down the middle of the field and so uh, he's been a pretty decent fantasy option throughout the season uh but who do you have at tight end bud? so you're gonna take some action in that sunday night football game right
1: I mean, I like Zach Ertz, you know I mean? um, And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I like Zach Ertz. I mean, I like – in this ballgame, I like Zach Ertz, and I like Dallas Goder, either one of them. Because the Eagles' offensive line, I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts really doesn't have and really hasn't had a lot of time in any of the games that he's played. So, I mean – a really easy read for some of these quarterbacks is like the tight end uh, running across the middle. And so, you know, I mean, uh, they can check down to him. So, I mean, I like Zach Hurts. I mean, I think he's going to have a, a really, really solid game, maybe even get a touchdown uh, because, like I said, I think that the Eagles offensive line just does not give Jalen Hurts enough time to throw the ball.
0: Well, as Cowboys fans, we're rooting for that to happen, Butter. So I hope you're right. And I hope Zach Ertz has a big game. And so sticking with the Cowboys at our respective flex positions, we both have Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper of the Cowboys, but who do you have as your flex guy?
1: Well, I wanted to have the Cowboys on here. Uh, I mean, and so, I mean, for my flex position, I mean, like I went back and forth between Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, Gallup, and CD Lamb. Um, and I'm. I haven't chosen Zeke Elliott in a long time, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb this week and say that he has a a really really solid performance uh, against the Giants. I mean, like I said, I think the the Cowboys they definitely have something to prove. I mean, in order to make it to the playoffs, the first thing that they have to do is win, and so. Um, by doing that they're going to have to be able to run the ball so uh i like zeke elliott versus the giants
0: love that reasoning and i hope you're right bud so but uh, yeah i'm with you i I was in the same boat i kind of went back and forth between amari cooper and cd lamb for me and so i eventually settled on cooper uh given uh, cd had such a a big game this past weekend so maybe uh cowboys will will mix it up or or maybe defensive focuses will shift a little bit so i decided to go with amari cooper
1: one thing that's that that has been different about um Andy Dalton versus, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, with Dak Prescott, the receivers, you had one or two guys that would have really big games with Andy Dalton. It seems like he spreads the ball out more. Um, and I don't know if that's just because he's just a little bit older. Um, or if, um, he spreads the ball out where more people are involved in the offense. It seems like there's, um, you don't have uh, one person getting like ten or twelve receptions. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of spread out a little bit more.
0: No, I agree, and it's made it tough for fantasy purposes as to which which Cowboys uh, receiver we're going to pick pick each and every week. So, no good good observation uh, by you on that front. But I think you're right there. So. Well, Butter. Uh, again, we we love kickers on this podcast, and so we're gonna we're gonna make picks uh, for kickers as well. And I'm gonna go with one of the best in the business here. Again, I think they've got a favorable matchup against the uh, the Bengals uh, this weekend in a must win situation. So give me the Ravens, Justin Tucker, as my fantasy kicker for Week 17. But uh, but who you got, Bud?
1: Well, I'm gonna piggyback off of your defensive pick. Um, like I said, you uh, you went back you went back to. Uh, what we, what we did earlier in the year, like whoever, uh, whoever's playing the jets. Now it's whoever's playing the Jaguars. That's right. That's Cause I, right. I looked at the Colts as well, uh, but I like Rodrigo Blankenship. I know that you had mentioned that like uh, the Jaguars only win this year was against the Colts in week one, but you know, I mean um, I think the Colts have, like I said, a lot to, to, to play for um, to try to figure out uh, and to try to get into the playoffs. So, I mean, I think that they're going to be riding high. I mean, I think that, they're going to avenge that loss from from week one, and I think uh, Rodrigo Blankenship is going to have a, a great fantasy week kicking the ball.
0: I agree with you 100%, and as you alluded to, that's my defensive pick, so I'm going to take the Colts' defense. Uh, against the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars again uh, Colts have so much to play for as you mentioned they play pretty good defense to begin with uh, and uh, not sure that uh, Jacksonville is going to be super motivated in this one uh, given that uh, they're just playing out the string and looking forward to the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes in April I'm sure so uh, give me the Colts defense but who do you got on defense but again defense wins championships here the final regular season defensive pick but who are you going to go with?
1: I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Bengals. You know, I mean, the the Bengals. Um, oh, what what could have been? You know, I mean, uh, if Joe Burrow would have stayed healthy, I mean, um, obviously, I mean, they probably we could both agree that they probably weren't a playoff team this year. But I mean, if Joe Burrow would have stayed healthy, I mean, we we could have been looking at a, you know, I mean, a possibly a nine and six team right now. Not, I mean, eight and seven a um, lot, lot more funner to watch and could have had a lot more um, riding on this game uh, between the Bengals and the Ravens. But, you know, I mean, he tears his ACL and he's been out. So, um, like I said, the the Bengals definitely don't have anything to prove and really anything to play for. I mean, other than to see the um, what they have in T. Higgins, what they have in uh, Joe Mixon, and, and what they have in is a um, – for their backup quarterback um, in, in, in case there is some weird, strange reason that, that Joe Burrow gets behind on his rehab, which, I mean, obviously, I mean, I hope the kid comes back and I, mean, I hope he's uh, 100% whenever he comes back. But I mean, uh, the Bengals, I mean, they're kind of probably going to be putting people in uh, to kind of see what their roster is going to look like next year um, and probably kind of start preparing
0: for the draft. Yep, I'm with you, and I hope that the Bengals draft some offensive linemen for Joe Burrow to kind of yes. protect him moving forward, right? So, so I know that they had the they drafted one of the kids out of uh, uh, Alabama, I think, uh, uh, this year as well, and so they're they're building towards that. But yeah, protecting that uh, Joe Burrow, uh, their number one asset there at quarterback for the next 10, 12, 15 years, I think, should be the the goal in the 2021 draft. And I'm with you again. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I think the uh, the Bengals uh, don't have as much to play for, whereas the Ravens certainly certainly do. And again, I. I like that. We're going to talk about it next week, but assuming that the Ravens win, I think they're going to be a spicy team in the playoffs and uh, could be ripe for an upset whenever it's all said and done. So, well, Butterball, we're up against the hour mark here, bud. So in the 50-minute range, uh, as always, my friend, uh, I've enjoyed it and uh, so glad you're able to join me via the interwebs and Zoom here on this Wednesday afternoon, bud. But for our listeners out there, again, most fantasy leagues are probably over with, but we know we got a bunch of listeners out there that play the daily fantasy or weekly fantasy as well. How can they get at you, man? If they're looking for some fantasy-fessional advice, bud, how can they get at you on Twitter?
1: Well, I'm on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen, or a.k.a. the fantasy-fessional, and that is J-E-R-E-M-Y underscore
0: V-A-N-C-U-R-E-N. Well, again, brother, I appreciate you being with me yet again. So we're we're finishing out 2020 strong, and I guess a a happy new year again to you and JJ. We're getting ready to uh, sign off here on the podcast and go watch our Oklahoma Sooners uh, square off against the Florida Gators in the Cotton Bowl, so looking forward to that as well. I'm sure you and I will be texting each other back and forth throughout the night on that game as well. So, uh, Well, well, Butter, again, appreciate it, bud. Look forward to doing it again next week whenever we'll know who's in the playoffs, man. So we'll be able to kind of preview the playoff matchups and make some picks on on that and make some uh, fantasy playoff picks as well. So looking forward to doing that. So, And while this will wrap it up for this episode, remember the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Again, Happy New Year, everyone. Enjoy Week 17 in the NFL, and we'll talk to you next week when we get ready for the playoffs. Take care, everyone.